Section 4 of A Holy Life The Beauty of Christianity by John Bunyan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 4 In my discourse upon this subject, I must endeavor to shew you two things. First, what Paul means when he saith, Depart from iniquity. Secondly, why some, that as to words, rightly name the name of Christ, do not depart from iniquity. The first of those doth need some explanation, because in some sense even the best of saints cannot depart from sin or iniquity. One, because as to the being of it, it is seated and rooted in their flesh, and hath its dwelling there. Yea, it hath, and so will have an abiding there, so long as man is on this side that state of perfection, which is not to be enjoyed while we are in the flesh, for in me, that is, in my flesh, sin dwells. Romans 7.18 Nor doth anything else but sin dwell there, for in me, that is, in my flesh, said Paul, dwelleth no good thing. Therefore the apostle must not be understood as if he intended to insinuate that there was a possibility that the nature and being of sin could be plucked up by the roots, and so cast clean away from us, as to the very nature thereof. No, that will abide with us, for it hath its dwelling in us. 2. And as they cannot depart from the nature of it as such, that is, as they cannot be rid of the being of sin, so neither can they depart from the motions and stirrings of sin, no more than they can stir from the motions or stirrings of their natural senses, or of their natural reason, the motions of sin, which Paul also calls the lusts thereof, will be where the nature and being of sin is, because it is not dead. For that which liveth, what manner of life soever it hath, will have motion according to the manner of life which it hath. And sin, being one of the most quick and brisk things that are, it will also have its motions and lusts accordingly. Hence Paul says, It lusts, and will lust, where it is and dwells, though the very Spirit of God and the utmost diligence of a Christian be also there to oppose it. Romans 6.12, Galatians 5.17 3. Again, as the being and motions of sin will be with us, so also will it in its endeavors. It will endeavor to overcome us, and to make us captives to itself and to Satan. And these endeavors will be with us. Ephesians 6.11, 12, 2 Corinthians 10.5, Hebrews 12.4. Nor can we so depart from iniquity, as to be utterly rid of all sense and feeling of what endeavors there are in sin and iniquity to be master and lord and reign. Sin will endeavor to defile the mind, to defile the conscience, to defile the life and conversation. And this endeavor, as endeavor, we cannot depart from, that is, cause that it should not be in our flesh, for there it will be, since sin in its being is there. 4. As the being, motions, and endeavors of sin will still abide in our flesh, so consequently will its polluting fumes be upon us. Nor doth the apostle mean, when he bids us depart from iniquity, that we should think that we can so be, 
or so do in this life, as that our being or doing should not smell of the strong scent of sin. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Job 14.4 We are all as an unclean thing, and therefore all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Isaiah 64.6 The scent, the smell, the rank and odious stink of sins abide upon, yea, and will abide upon us, when most spiritual here, and upon our most spiritual actions too, until they be taken away by Christ. Thus far, therefore, we cannot be concerned in the exhortation. For should Paul exhort us to depart from the being, motion, endeavor, and polluting fumes and scent of sin, I mean so to depart from them, as that there shall no such thing have place, or motion, or striving, or scent in, or upon us, he would exhort us to that which is altogether impossible for us to perform, yea, to perform through that working of the Spirit of God, which is to be with us and in us here. Yea, he must exhort us to that which he could not perform himself. But such exhortations did not stand with the wisdom of an apostle. Wherefore, there is a certain meaning in this exhortation, from the which, if we swerve, we shall both wrong the apostle and ourselves. First, let us inquire, then, what Paul should mean, where he bids them, that name the name of Christ, depart from iniquity. And for our better understanding of him, we must consider that there is an iniquity that is inherent in us, and an iniquity that is apart, and at a distance from us. Now, if he means, as certainly he doth, that they that name the name of Christ should depart from that sin and iniquity that is in themselves, then, though he cannot mean that we should separate that from our persons, for that is impossible, yet he would have us, first, take off and withdraw our minds and affections therefrom. And he tells us that they that are Christ's do so, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Galatians 5.24 Sinful lusts and sinful motions, our minds and affections should depart from them. There are the affections and lusts of sin, and there are the affections and lusts or desires of the soul, and again there are the affections and lusts of the new man in saints. Now this is that that the apostle would have to wit, that the affections and passions of our souls should not choose, but depart from the affections and lusts of our old man, and should be renewed and made willing to be led by the Holy Ghost from them. This I say, says he, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 16. Wherefore, when he saith, depart from iniquity, if he means from our own inherent iniquity, then he must mean thus, Take your mind and your affections off, carry your minds away from them, set your minds and affections upon other objects, and let your minds and affections be yielded up to the conduct of the Word and Spirit of God. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Romans 6.12 Now a man, in mind and affections, may depart from that which yet will not depart from him. 
yea a man in mind may depart from that which yet will dwell in him as long as he lives for instance there are many diseases that cleave to men from which in their minds they willingly depart yea their greatest disquietment is that so bad a distemper will abide by them and might they but have their desire accomplished they would be as far therefrom as the ends of the earth are asunder and while they are found to continue together the mind departs therefrom and is gone either to god or to physicians for help and a deliverance from it and thus it is with the saint and should be with every one that by way of profession nameth the name of christ he should depart from his indwelling sin with his mind with his mind he should serve the law of god romans seven twenty five and this is an excellent thing to do and can be done by none but such as are possessed with an excellent spirit ah to find a man that really departs from himself and that draweth the affections of the soul from the affections and lusts of the flesh is a rare thing ezekiel eleven nineteen through twenty one the heart of the most of professors goeth after their detestable lusts and after their inward abominations but such shall of the flesh reap corruption notwithstanding they name the name of christ galatians six eight sin is sweet to him that is nothing but flesh or that can savor nothing but what is of the flesh job twenty twelve nor can it be that be that is such should depart from himself his sweet self romans eight five through eight no they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh wherefore they that are in the flesh though they profess religion and name the name of christ cannot please god for such instead of walking in and after the spirit have put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their faces to hinder their departing therefrom ezekiel fourteen seven eight nor will all their inquiring of god nor their seeking and praying to him keep them from stumbling and falling and splitting themselves in sunder upon the rocks and ruins that are provided for them as a reward of the evil of their doings job fourteen sixteen yea they shall suck the poison of asps and the viper's tongue shall slay them notwithstanding all their profession question but some may say how shall i know that i do depart from the iniquity of my flesh from the iniquity that is in me answer i shall answer this question briefly thus one how is iniquity in thine eye when severed from the guilt and punishment that attends it is it as separate from these beauteous or ill-favoured i ask thee how it looks and how thou likest it suppose there were no guilt or punishment to attend thy love to or commission of it for if in its own nature it be desirable to thy mind and only therefore shunned for fear of the punishment that attends the commission of it without doubt thou art none of them that do depart from it all that thou doest is thou shunnest the sin not of abhorrence of the sin but for fear of the punishment that attends it 
like the thief that yet refuseth to take away his neighbor's horse, not of hatred of theft, but the fear of the gallows. 2. How dost thou, like thyself, as considered possessed with a body of sin, and as feeling and finding that sin worketh in thy members? Doth this yield thee inward pleasedness of mind, and a kind of secret sweetness or bow? For to be sure, where a sanctified mind is, there is nothing more odious in itself, nor that makes a man so in his own eyes, as doth this sight, the sight of sin in him, of the working of lust in him. Job 42.6, Ezekiel 16.63, Romans 6.12 it is this that makes the good man ashamed, that makes him blush, and that makes him abhor himself. 3. How look thy duties in thine eyes, I mean thy duties which thou doest in the service of God. I say, how look the best of these, the most warm and spiritual of these, since not one of them can be performed, but they do catch the stain of sin as coming from thee? Or art thou through the ignorance that is in thee as one unacquainted with these things? 4. Why wouldest thou go to heaven? Is it because thou wouldest be saved from hell? Or because thou wouldest be freed from sin? I say, wouldest thou go to heaven because it is a place that is holy? Or because it is a place remote from the pains of hell? I ask again. Wherein dost thou think the blessedness of heaven consists? Is it in the holiness that is there, or in the freedom that is there from hell? There is not a man alive but would go to heaven, that he may be saved from hell. But how many would go thither, that they might be saved from the pleasures of sin, from the inward pleasure of sin? Of that I will be silent, though surely they are those that are out of love with sin, and that do depart from iniquity. Verily, my brethren, it is a great thing to depart from iniquity. It is a great thing to have my will, my mind, and my affections departing from it. But, second, as they that depart from iniquity withdraw their minds and affections from the lusts and motions of it, so they depart also from the occasions of it. There are occasions by which sin worketh to bring forth the fruits thereof, and some seek those occasions. Romans 14.13, 1 Timothy 5.4, Exodus 23.7, Proverbs 5.8, 2 Timothy 2.16. But he that hath set himself to depart from sin in himself will not seek occasions from abroad to do it. Such a man as will keep far from an evil matter will not company with a person that pollutes and defiles, nor will he come near the door of the adulteress's house. He will shun profane and vain babblings, for fear of the ungodliness that attends it. He will walk with wise men, that he may be wise, knowing that a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Proverbs 13.20 Now there are occasions given, and occasions taken to sin against the Lord Jesus. But he that departeth from iniquity, departeth from them both. He is not forgiving any occasion to others to sin. He had rather wrong himself and put up with injuries done than give occasion to others to do iniquity, and as he is forgiving none. 
so neither is he for taking any. He is for partaking of no man's sins, but for keeping of himself pure. 1 Timothy 5.22 Third, to depart from iniquity is to depart from it in those examples that are set before us thereto. Occasions and examples are sometimes the same, but there may be occasions to sin where there are no examples thereto, and therefore in that they differ. And to depart from iniquity is to shun and depart from those examples, those beastly examples, that in every corner of the country present themselves to men. Examples to drunkenness, examples to whoredom, examples to swearing, to lying, to stealing, to Sabbath-breaking, to pride, to covetousness, to deceit, to hypocrisy, and to what not, are nowadays common among men. And he that is to seek in this matter, and that know not how to be expertly base, may have patterns and examples thereto in every whole. But to depart from iniquity is to depart from sinful examples, to shut the eyes at them, to turn the back upon them, and to cry out to heaven for grace to be kept in the path of life. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Fourth, to depart from iniquity is to depart from the enticings of iniquity. There is that in iniquity that is of an enticing nature, its pleasures, profits, honors, delights, and sweetnesses are enticing, and he that hankers after these is not departed nor departing from iniquity. A man must be weaned from these things, and must find some things somewhere else that are better than these, else he cannot depart from iniquity. End of section 4 Recording by Scarlet, Louisiana